0: And when we are sufficient, when we are in touch with our own enoughness, women, the interesting part is then we start saying enough. That's enough of you on the couch with your potato chips. Mm -hmm. That's enough of you ruling the world like a little boy who's tantruming. That's enough of you desecrating Mother Earth. That's enough. And when women have had enough, shit starts to change.
1: Welcome to the Empath and the Narcissist podcast, where you regain your sparkle back after narcissistic abuse. I am your host, Raven Scott, your nurturing warrior guide through the darkness. This is episode 114, How to Unprogram Yourself. From narcissistic patriarchy with award-winning podcaster, Monica Rogers of The Revelation Project. This is a rerun. This aired back in May when my audience was very tiny and now you are so beautifully showing up and the podcast has grown exponentially. So I truly believe that you will receive value from this and she is a sacred feminine rights passage practitioner, leadership coach, and author. Just a reminder, this episode is for educational purposes only and it is not a substitute for professional therapy. If you're enjoying this podcast, hit subscribe and rate and review this podcast. I myself, just as the Hindu goddess Kali and Mesopotamian goddess Inanna, have walked through the darkness, died to myself and ego, and ascended to connect with my true authentic self. Part of that healing journey, I truly benefited from talk therapy. This is why I specifically chose out of all the sponsors out there, BetterHelp. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp and BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help you. It allows you to talk to your therapist in a private online environment at your convenience with a broad range of expertise and BetterHelp's 20,000 plus therapist network. It will give you access to help that you need may not be available in your area. Finding a therapist is easy. Just fill out the questionnaire to help assess your specific needs and then you get matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Everything you share is completely confidential in therapy. Join the 3 million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp Therapist. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com forward slash empath. That's betterhelp.com forward slash E-M-P-A-T-H. And the link is in the show notes. Claim all the offerings and transformational workshops that we offer in our studio in the link in the show notes as well at ravenscott.show forward slash shop. Without further ado, let's dive into the conversation. Welcome to the podcast, Monica. Hey, Raven. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure and honor. And I just have to say, if any of you listeners are familiar with Danielle Laporte, before we hit (laughs) record, I was like, has anyone said you sound so soothing like Danielle Laporte? Which I love.
0: Of course, I'll take that compliment any day.
1: Yeah. and, And just your energy and vibe. So I'm really excited to get in this conversation. Share with us her expertise on the divine feminine, and really saying yes to the mess. Um, So share with us a tiny bit um, of your journey of how you got to this place of wisdom and guidance.
0: Oh, I would love to. It's one of my favorite subjects. You know, I would would say that growing up, um, I always knew that something was missing. And for your listeners, I know that Many of us have grown up in institutionalized religion, right? That was really hard for me because when you don't necessarily like fit with those teachings, it can be very isolating. And I, I don't know about any of you, but I was not given spiritual autonomy. So it wasn't like my family was like, well, let's check something else out. You know, Maybe like, either. let's see what works for you. Yeah, well, you know. either <laughs>
1: know. Get baptized, believe in Jesus, <laughs> or you're going to hell. And they still fear that I'm going to hell today. So.
0: Yeah, well, and that, that part of it is really what I call like, you know, we get to a point in our lives where we have to decide, you know, like, am I going to continue to comply and be what I call pretty, pleasing and polite? Or am I actually going to stop complying and do what feels true to my heart and true to my path? and that's what i call the unbecoming process and i love that term so much because of course so many of us at least the women who are listening are socialized you know in terms of what is becoming for a woman or what is you know what in these gender roles that really also do not serve and i think we're more and more learning about that so for me the revelation project and revealing is is very near and dear to my heart because i believe that so much of what's true about why we're here and what our purpose is it's it's like it's it's cloaked in the mystery and it's up to us whether or not we want to explore that mystery and start to reveal and feel and heal our lives and so for me it was also about revealing the feminine face the divine which when you really really start to um on earth, the teachings that were hidden by design were purposely co-opted or changed to fit the patriarchal narrative, you start to recognize like, oh my goodness, like, you know, God was never a gender, you know, God was all right. Or in, in and I even like to exchange that word with life, right? For me, like life is source. And so for any of your listeners, it's just really about whatever you believe is that bigger source or that bigger essence or energy that calls to you or that, you know, is, is that, that beautiful thing that makes magic in the world. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I resonate with that. And I know our audience does too, because so, so many times I talk about You know, source, God, the divine, whatever you want to call it. It is not a he. It is not Caucasian. You know, it is feminine. It is masculine. It is everything. It is energy. It is
0: Yeah. And it's not out there. It's in here. You know, that's the other thing.
1: Yeah. 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 True. And until you can find your light, like the thing I always say at the end of the podcast is keep your unique light shining. And that's part of it. Like source is within you and source is light. That's right. I love that, that we we connect on that level. Now, I have a question that comes to mind. Was there, like, what brought you out of your pretty, people-pleasing role as a child and into more of your own path?
0: I would say it was a dark night of the soul that happened about 13 years ago. Uh, It was right around the time of the economic crash. And it was really what I now know is so normal as we kind of have each of us have our moment of awakening, you know, like I thought there's something wrong on me with me. I need, clearly I need to be medicated, right? Like all the things we think when we start to actually feel our lives. And I had really been doing all of the things that so many of us do through socialization, which is to wear all of the masks, you know, I had learned to like tap tap dance my way, you know, like for my next trip, you know, it's just like trying to like, you know, just get by all the time. And, you know, really I had even done so much leadership work, but I think I knew how to talk the talk, but I didn't know how to walk the walk. And what, what truly was behind all of that was kind of an unrevealed self loathing that I think so many of us are also taught to feel. Because when we're taught to abandon ourselves our whole life and choose belonging over ourselves, you know, that, that starts to actually like, and, and we start to internalize all of these messages. It creates a really messy situation when you do turn towards it which is why, of course, I love teaching women to say yes to that mess, because when we do finally kind of have that breakdown within it, contain the seeds to the breakthrough. But first we have to be you know, brave and like dare to be with all of the uh, sticky, gritty, yucky things that we've created. Um, and part of it for me was like actually taking responsibility for that mess and, and There was a point where I had to just stop blaming everybody else for it. You know, I had to stop, you know, and while I talk a lot about patriarchy and really um, identifying that system, and I do think that's important, it's not for the purpose of blaming and not taking responsibility. It's more about seeing it, revealing it so we can take part in healing it. And we each have our part to play.
1: Empath. Just wanted to take a quick break and read to you an excerpt from my book. To all you empaths out there chasing fake love, the trick in breaking that pain cycle is to stop chasing and start fostering love for your own self. An excerpt from my book. Grab my book or listen to it on Audible. It's called Empath and the Narcissist. A healing guide on how to overcome narcissistic abuse, recover from PTSD, codependency, and gaslighting manipulation. And so, every aspect right now in your life where you feel stagnant, where you feel like it doesn't work, create a new idea. Create a new idea that is more in alignment with your highest excitement to higher. Heart chakra, right? We listen to your heart in the higher heart. Ask your higher self for guidance. And ask your higher self to show you the timeline that excites you more. That was Magic Kathy and a preview of her DNA activation session in the bonus Soul Integration Masterclass. Attention, Empath, do you feel that there's something more to life? Or do you have a deep longing for meaningful and authentic relationships, yet you still remain in the darkness and feel you are a victim and not the creator of your life? These experiences are your fuel for transformation. So stop denying your divinity and gain your soul alignment to connect your divine soul to your earthly body in order to live on fire, free, and authentic, to feel happier and lighter in your physical, emotional, and mental body. With these three simple steps. Claim your soul integration masterclass today in the link in the show notes. Now, back to the show. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of those religions, if you get caught up in what the pastors are saying or what the collective is doing, it is very guilt and shame driven to keep everyone there to keep the offerings coming in the baskets to keep everyone coming back to take communion or whatever the religion is or going to mosque or I don't know much about that but for me it was Christianity and it was really to see the hypocrisy as I I turned 18 I really rebelled against and questioned well wait a second like evolution exists like that's my other big thing especially the extreme religions where they don't really share with you of the world quote-unquote concepts like real science <laughs> real evolution that really puts you in a place where you question everything and it's like have i been gaslighted like this my entire childhood and when he answers yes that's really hard to process
0: it's very hard to process and it can be so disorienting because if we don't if if not that then what right and and sometimes the unknown is even scarier to us but but that's where the the divine feminine is, and and that's the other thing that I want to point out is that the unknown is is that beautiful void where something new gets to be born, you know. And so, depending on how you look at it, and there are different, you know, conversations within that. But it's really just such. um, It's like the beginning of the beginning, you know. It's just really a magical place to be. I didn't know it then, you know. So,
1: it feels <laughs> right. So I. <laughs> so,
0: like, I can I can sit here in my pretty armchair and be like, "Yes, it's all good." But you know, when you actually are facing it, it's like at one of those really like, "Oh shit!" moments.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I always re- liken, you know, I'm thinking also back to when I was debating and trying. I attempted like seven times to leave my narcissist partner. He was my first love, my only love. I didn't know anything else, and he convinced me that only he would love me, and all this BS. And so it was like the abyss, whether it's you're getting out of a relationship or you're going out on your own from your family and like being the black sheep. It's like this deep, dark abyss. And the fear of the unknown in the future is really real. It's real.
0: Yeah, it, it is. And it really it invites all kinds of different things, which is some of that is to face those fears. Like that's an invitation. Another fear is to trust like that's an invitation. And so trust and faith started to have whole new meaning for me, you know, when that time in my life happened. And to go back to your question for a minute, you know, I was, I was also very rebellious from a young age. So like, I literally remember going to church as a young girl And actually, um, I work with this concept that I call the trance of unworthiness. I really look at how we're socialized, and again, whether or not you were part of a religious group, and if you, if you, and if you are right, I, I I also don't want to invalidate those listeners who, who, you know, um, gain and it serves them right, and and they gain value from it. I'm not here to say, you know, I'm here to to do my revelation project not to do anybody else's so for me it was not a fit but but one of the things that was really clear to me when you know i i heard of course the genesis story of eve you know there's kind of a genesis one story and there's a genesis two story Mm -hmm. um you know it i remember just hearing the one about you know the woman is kind of the companion she's made out of his rib it's like. We're suddenly in the upside down where men birthed the world. Wait a minute, how did that happen? And, and, you know, just really from a historical and then a theological standpoint, really starting to understand again that that story was changed to serve political ends, right? And, And so it's, it becomes like really fascinating when you start breaking it down. But I remember as a little girl, like looking around, like indignant, like everybody, like and looking around and the women were just standing there with their eyes wide open. And that's what I started calling the trance, the -hmm. trance of unworthiness. Like they were in the trance, like, cause they weren't angry. They were just,
1: they they were just, it's like Adam versus being like, what? I'm not
0: eating. Yeah, yeah, well, or you're right, like, or whatever the thing is that hasn't kind of go to sleep within ourselves or actually abandon ourselves in that place. Because part of what I've really come to realize as well is that we have to, as women, there's a way that we actually abandon the body because it becomes emotionally uninhabitable to live inside of our body. In this culture, and so we leave. We we literally leave. We disassociate, and we go up into our head where the trance is, and that's where we no longer have access to our inner GPS because it's not up here. Right. It's 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 here. You know, it's in our heart. It's in our intuition. It's in our body. Our body holds the wisdom for women.
1: And you think that the patriarchal suppression, or and or religious. Or maybe even being raised to be quiet, like I think the generations now are going to be improving, like there's no more like be quiet and don't have an opinion at least I know in my household my my girls are asked everything like about family decisions versus where us growing up, right? we were never included in those conversations. It was like be quiet, go along with it, make sure everyone's happy, give people the benefit of the doubt, and then all of a sudden you're wondering why we're all like experiencing narcissistic abuse it's because we've been trained to that's right yeah and we've been that conditioned to be in that trance so you think it you think all of those elements contribute to
0: Uh, the trance? yes i call it death by a thousand tiny paper cuts you know it's like it's that idea of just really over time being like programmed it's just They seem inconsequential when they're happening. It's like, oh, it's just a little message here and there. But then when you actually start to recognize the accumulation of the messages, it's like nobody gets out of that awake. But it's kind of true. It deadens you over time. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. And then there's the numbing and even physical aspects like staying busy, doing too much, drinking alcohol, becoming the martyr. Yeah. Yeah, and then becoming almost like the codependent and or maybe narcissistic female role. Like like you say, like narcissists always are playing the victim. Like, oh, boo, hoo, me, all the time versus taking responsibility. Yeah, but so then becoming the martyr. You're right. Yeah, so that contributes to the narcissistic mother. Not to give an excuse, but this whole thing is a big snowball effect.
0: That's right, and you know i I just recently finished um a teacher training i I got a certification to do the archetypical work of what's called the maiden to mother, right? The maiden and the mother archetypes. And I learned so much about the mother wound and how that gets passed, you know, and it's fascinating because you know, in some cases, we're all the daughters of mothers, but we're also all daughters of the patriarchy. and so as much as we can, I think when we start to become awakened, and I'll speak for myself, there was a period of time where I was pissed at my mother. I mean, I was pissed,
1: right? I didn't talk to mine or go to holidays for years.
0: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I mean, the anger and the rage, right? Oh, my goodness. And, you know, and I think that I really, it's still really like I, I I love Pema Chodron who always talks about like our triggers are our teachers and she's also got such a funny sense of humor in that she's like oh you think you're evolved go home and visit your family you know what I mean <laughs> <Yeah>. I'm always <laughs> like oh yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah um. Because, you know, as much as you can be like all enlightened and all that, at the end of the day, we're human and it's like a little bit of overtired and just a little bit of this and there's that familiar trigger. So it's really, it's a constant practice and you can see me. I know your listeners can't, but I'm continually putting my hand over my heart because that's the way. That I remind myself to come back to myself, to stay in my own hula hoop, mm-hmm. to do my own revelation project. Don't do my mother's, don't do my daughter's, don't do my friends. Just do my own revelation project. What is here for me to do? What is here for me to own? And who can I forgive? There's a way that like, yes, we. I think we have to go through all the things, the grief, the steps, the blame, all that Stuff that we have to go through to get to that place where we're actually like, okay, I think I'm done. You know, I think I'm done blaming everybody else. I think I, I think I'm ready to actually take responsibility for everything I created now, you know?
1: And then Christmas comes around.
0: <laughs> that's so good.
1: that's right. Every Christmas, so but you I have a new revelation for my audience that I, <laughs> I
0: right. Care. And it's like, and don't forget to laugh. Mm-hmm. Don't forget to laugh because it's just the way, you know, it's just like, I think, you know, to the way we kind of evolve is so cyclical and it's layered and it's a mystery in itself. But I I always like to tell myself that it's not the exact same trigger, that it's a little different. Maybe it's a little more evolved, you know, and then sometimes it's not. But the bottom line is that, you know, I'm still a human And I think what we get better at doing is recovering and realigning. And I love saying that when we do align, we are divine because that's that place where when we are in alignment, when we are centered, when we are intentional, we can still be messy, but we can own it. We can come from a place that gives ourselves space and grace, you know, to just be human. Oh, well, I'm human after all.
1: Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And every time, if we're really intentional about working on it and not getting sucked into their drama every Christmas and you're evaluating and what I love to do is journal it all out, like all the rage and all the anger and then transmute it to the universe. It all, it continues to evolve and the lesson you learn get deeper and your boundaries get stronger and you just, you start to develop that radical like, self-awareness that you're like, okay, now I see it. Like, so many more light bulbs will go off the more you, you know, do your introspective work. Like, and I wanted to ask you about the self-love because I think that's huge. If you don't have that self-love practice, then all that drama just becomes drama and you get confused, right? That's right. Why why is the mess portal, like, into the self-liberation and self-love? Why is it so great?
0: Well, it's so great because I don't know if you've ever seen, I don't necessarily like love the book, but you know, the, the book Atlas Shrugged by Anne Rand, or I think that's the author, but it's like kind of that picture of, of this guy with the world on his shoulders. Like for me, that's women, women, we carry the world on our shoulders and it gets really interesting when you start to consider all of the extra labor that we do um, like the emotional labor, right. It's like, we talk about the third shift and we talk, you know, like I even notice it myself, right. Like what, what I do, how I treat my children differently, right. Like I'm getting better at this, but because I was conditioned to see girls one way and boys another, right. It's, it's just true that, you know, we can tend to kind of do it all. And somehow like, you know, my son can like sit on the couch and be eating chips and his his sister is like cleaning up around him. I'm like, whoa, you know, what's happening here? Um, you know, and that was my life growing up too. It was like such different treatment for the boys. Right. And it's like, so I've, I've really seen women and for the longest time, I had so much internal misogyny. So I would just want to call that out because that's a big cultural thing is like we also live in a very misogynistic culture. And so we internalize that. So at some point, I really got that I didn't know what it really meant to be in a truly intimate and wonderful relationship with women because I had been conditioned not to trust women, nice. Right. And so, where the mess comes in is when you start to actually turn towards some of these things and it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel comfortable. It doesn't, you know, make me look good. Right. And we're so much about appearances. And so, shit gets messy fast. And I can talk about this from you know, like a blow up perspective and having a mess on our hands or just the messy business of being human. Right. But we do all get to a point where we are so afraid to let go because God forbid the day we let go, well, then who's going to clean it up? Right. Then who's going to clean it? And part of it you know, what I want to say is part of it for women is like we train the world how to be in relationship with us so we get what we tolerate. Mm. And so if we've actually been, you know, tolerating it for this long and suddenly we just say like, I am not doing this anymore. And we like hit our intolerance. That's actually good news because the second we we let it all fall apart is when we start to actually be able to breathe again, it's actually when we start connecting back to our spirit. Because I don't know about any of you out there, but there was a time in my life that I stopped breathing. That's how That's how heavy and how tight it had all been. It was like I had breath hunger, air hunger, like I could never breathe. It was like the trauma was like, you know, like Constricting everything and just the the efforting and the striving it was in the perfectionism, my God, right mm-hmm. like it's so I, it's so back, overwhelming I'm
1: thinking back to my lowest time, and I always likened it like, oh well, I just didn't get enough sleep, so I'm like I'm really like short of breath, but when mm-hmm. you say that, I was like, God, it wasn't because I didn't get enough sleep, I mean for sure he didn't let me sleep that night, but uh I just, you, sh- you should still be able to breathe. Like I just was always short of breath.
0: Yeah. yeah, it's the nervous system and it just, it can't, it like, we're not designed to be that way. You know, we're not designed to live that way. And the truth is women are, and this is where I talk about how we live in the upside down and, and as women, like whenever something comes at us, we have to get really good at kind of flipping it over and looking at it. Because, because the truth is we've been taught to avoid masses because somehow they implicate us because think of Eve, right? right. Like that was a mess. like what you, you had to eat from the apple, the tree of knowledge, like now, like what a mess, right? Yeah. And, and meanwhile, that's not even, that was a story, right? That got told in order for women to be the scapegoat. Mm-hmm. And and it kind of created exactly what we've got, which is you know this situation where women are in this trance of unworthiness, and we've got little boys ruling the world who've never been
1: initiated into true adult manhood, right? Like no nope. tiny like emotional intelligence of kindergartners, first graders running around and ruling the world rule in the world and and i want to say
0: you know it's just as much in our court as like the wounded maidens right like that that believe we've got to stay young and youthful and be pretty pleasing and polite to have value like and, it's like it's that
1: behavior to even... and enable it yeah. right yeah you
0: know exactly picture my son back up on the couch right yeah. eating the potato chips while my daughter's cleaning around him right like <laughs> So when we start turning toward these truths and we start looking at them, we start wincing. It's like, Ooh, oh, I don't like this. It doesn't feel good. And part of this is also when we return to the body, right? That is some messy stuff. It's like all of the alarm bells are going off because we've been disassociating and numbing out. So like when we come back into our bodies, This is a messy situation for a while. And we've been taught that it's a mess. So like I invite women back, not because, oh, it's messy at first. But when we start getting like really rooted, really rooted back into the truth of who we are, it's not messy anymore. It's clean and it's clear and it's filled with integrity. And it's and and this is the this is the part that gets me so excited, because when we get through the messy part and we know who we are like no kidding we are a force of love and ruthless compassion Mm
2: -hmm. ruthless
0: and and that comes from a place of true mother love and it comes from a place of sufficiency which is not a sexy word but give me a minute Because Len Twist is one of my mentors, and she she wrote the book, The Soul of Money. And she talks about this whole thing of not enoughness and how we're taught to live in this world of scarcity. And yet Mother Nature shows us every day that sufficiency and reciprocity and abundance are our birthright. Okay? So scarcity is really up here in the head. It's in the trance. When we're out of the head and we're in the body, we get this. We get this so much. And when we are sufficient, when we are in touch with our own enoughness, women, the interesting part is then we start saying enough. That's enough of you on the couch with your potato chips. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: That's enough of you ruling the world like a little boy who's tantruming. That's enough of you desecrating Mother Earth. That's enough And when women have had enough, Mm -hmm. shit starts to change.
1: Yeah, watch out. Yeah.
0: Watch out. Yeah. And you know this because you've been in a narcissistic relationship. And I think narcissism is our teacher and it is a gift for women. It is a gift for us. If we get that, it's the grit that makes the pearl. Mm -hmm. If we get to our I've had enough.
1: Yeah. And the mess that you were saying earlier inside of us. Is it ours? Like, I want to just affirm that probably all of that mess that you think that, you know, you have to work through to get to your beautiful, unique, like, sovereign you, is that yours? Well, it's such a great question, right? And, And such a great inquiry. In my
0: case, right, I can answer for myself, it was all of the unresolved emotions that I had stuffed down, that I had stepped over, that I had numbed out. Like being back in my body was so uncomfortable. It was like, get me the hell out of here. Like, I can't do this, right? I can't tell you how many times I probably said this. I I can't do this. No, like I'm not doing this. I even remember saying that on the childbirth table, but that's a different story. It was uh, obvious I couldn't get out of it, right? but you know and and then it's it's the trauma it's our nervous systems right it's it's really and and I think again we come by that honestly because living in this world it it is actually like a very triggering place but we have to learn to become the safest person in the room you know that's where women and and our potential and who we are and how we're designed is so potent and it's so powerful, which is exactly why it was taken and turned upside down was okay. and, and used against us is because, I mean, I don't really know the reason why, but I know that that has something to do with it.
1: Yeah. And I don't know how the evolution exactly of how it switched, because before Christianity was so huge, before all this patriarchy during like the Stoicism time, let's say back like Marcus Aurelius's time, Rome, and that like men and female equally rule. Men and female were on the same wavelength. They were not like men is on the pedestal. You woman, you're a witch. Let's burn you on a stake. Like that was not at all anything. So I, have, I would be curious to research that and see what happened. But needless, you know, nevertheless, it is what it is. And I think this whole narcissism, like, movement, I I call it, like, the great narcissist awakening. I think pretty much since 2016 it started and initiated when (laughs) there was one elected to presidency. And it was so just powerful for people to be like, oh, I didn't even know, like, my parents were, or I didn't even know that this relationship I'm in is so toxic. So it's really... um, something that's really important to to look into. And I wanted to ask you, why is radical self-approval a tool for transformation? Yeah, <laughs> I
0: think, well, for me, again, I go back to like the hand on the heart, right? Because even just this morning, I, you know, had a meltdown. and And so it's that moment for me where I put my hand on my heart and I just say, it's okay. You know, it's, it's okay. You get to be messy. You get to be human. Does that mean I don't have to clean it up? Right? Yeah. I, I, I still have to clean up my messes, you know, when they're mine to clean up, when I, you know, get triggered and I project, right. Or I take out my frustrations on somebody, you know, like some innocent victim. Those are my messes to clean up, and certainly, as mothers, we have those moments right where we just hit the the penthouse floor, right yeah. It's like i've I've asked nicely yeah. eight times, and now i'm i'm boom, I've hit yeah. the penthouse right and and while we can resolve to be better about that, the bottom line is like i'm where I don't want to ever get back to is the place I was, which was I was so unkind to myself, and you know. I came to this revelation once where I was like, no one could have made me feel any worse than I had actually already made myself feel.
1: Mm -hmm. Always. 100%. I was so
0: tough on myself. And I know this to be true for most women. It's like, we have this thing that like, if we get it wrong, like, or if it's messy, or if it's like, that it becomes like shame, related suddenly to shame, so what the antidote for me to shame it's like this radical self-love and self-approval you know and it gives me permission in that moment you know and it's the permission to fire myself from a job that's just a job or to Give myself permission to take a time out or a nap or to nourish myself. You know, it's, it's so I talk about it as like my birthright, right? Which I said earlier, it's my right to nominate myself for challenges that I might not get right right away, right? But like I see something for myself. And so the only thing that would keep me from doing it is the fear of failure. So I have to give myself permission and that grace. To fail a few times because guess what? That's actually how I learn. I don't know about you, but like I fail fast and and I'm proud of it because that's how I learn. I learn really fast, Mm -hmm. but I also fail fast, you know, so it's like it's kind of turning everything on, on its head that we've been taught to avoid, especially for women. And so I think about all of those places that we've been taught not to go, like our emotions, our intuition, our sexuality, our sensuality. And I say, oh, that's because they're power centers.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Those are our power centers. You know, those those are where we have to do what I call the reclamation. And before we do the reclamation, we have to have the reckoning. And the reckoning is the messy part. But it's the reckoning that brings us back in touch with our humanity and our birthright. And it allows us to love ourselves again, even in the mess. And for the listeners, you know, I love, and even though it's a little bit trite, it, it dawned on me like, oh, that's why the lotus blooms in the mud. You know how TikNat Han says, no mud, no lotus. It's like because it needs we need the mess we actually need the grit we need the mud we need the darkness to become the light right and i don't even want to call the mess the darkness because what we really learn when we dare to go there is that we are the light so any darkness that comes our way we illuminate it it's what we do we're made of light
1: mm-hmm. Yeah. I I agree, so much over and over every single word, and it is through the grit that that beautiful. It's really interesting that such a beautiful flower can come from such a wet and muddy place, mm-hmm. and a wet and muddy place is it's such a beautiful analogy. It really where is. We have to learn, and then we were saying, oh, like I fail so fast and I learn so fast. And it's like, want to try it? Go ahead, let's try it. What's What's it gonna hurt? Okay, we yeah now and like. And usually, those entrepreneurs who succeed, they've done 10, 100 projects before the one that really takes off and succeeds. Yeah. That's
0: right. I realize now, especially when I when I go back to that conversation about self love, that sometimes looking at it through the lens of human design, I realize, gosh, I'm not even designed to do that. So, I'm, why am I
1: being so hard on myself? You know? Yeah. It's because, like you said earlier, we're conditioned to be so hard on ourselves. We're conditioned to be in a certain box, and if we don't fit in, you know, it's like goes back to the whole tribal fear of we're going to get kicked out of the group and we won't survive and no one will like us or love us. And it, that's like the deep human fear, you know, not that's even right. in our brain, in the survival, in, in the spleen.
2: That's yeah. right.
1: Yeah, but it it isn't. And I love human design because it allows you to know yourself intimately. And once you realize that You, it just, for me, just the same as what you said before we hit record, like it made so much sense. I understood so much more about even how you interact with other people. And, like, oh, well, I was always taught to do this as a child, or, you know, in in society, like most all of us are taught to be like the manifester who is the just do it type of person who can initiate things. And you wonder why so many of us are frustrated and getting guidance from certain business coaches trying to get the right formula it's like we all have our unique formula and that's right so why try and do that person's formula when you have your own unique blueprint
0: and the other part raven that i love so much is just this understanding of oh my gosh we're all designed to work together right like because we in so many cases help each other complete certain aspects of our design and it's so collaborative that, you know, I go back to like, um, just some of what we learned in school, right? Like survival of the fittest or, you know, and it's, again, it's it, th- those were theories that have been disproved, right? It's like all of these things. And just really, there's still so many tenets um, that are, that we, we continue to kind of live in our present life that have been disproved and they're, they're not serving and they're not useful, but they're kind of like embedded in our, in our socialization, you know, including kind of this narcissistic way that we all strive for more than we need. And we, we center ourselves and, you know, it's just, there's this self-serving way that we've been conditioned to think about ourselves that it just gets really interesting. Once you start the unbecoming process to kind of cuz every part of that is a little bit messy like looking at our tendency towards let's say racism even if it's unconscious right it's messy and it's scary and it's hard to admit that we don't know certain things or that we're mortified that we never you know like actually looked into the land that we live on to know who were the indigenous people that were here before me and and how can i honor them right like so The unbecoming process is messy, is my point. And it's why I love the mess so much is because if we're not constantly in a state of self-love and self-approval, we're going to get really stopped in our efforts to become a better human. So we can't let the mess be the deterrent because that's where we have these moments of revelation. And it's the moments of revelation that create the revolution.
1: Yeah. And the fear of maybe stepping out on your own, that self-love and self-discovery is key for you to be able to remove yourself from the snares of the narcissist and be out on your own and to find, you know, yourself, find yourself first in your love. And like you said, that unbecoming and the human design helps you rewire, you know, what you've been wired to be which is not your true you know nature your true highest self and all of that is a beautiful process to really become you and to shine your beautiful unique light out into the world like you said it's a force to be reckoned with when it's shining clean and authentic and bright
0: yeah and you know i love what you just said about those who are afraid right to to leave you know because because it is It's like there's no place that's more disorienting than being with a narcissist where you've literally been fed lies and gaslit your whole relationship to the point where you don't know what what is true and what's not. It's like this constantly spinning thing that happens. And it's it's so it's such a big deal to do this work of self-love in that case, because when you start to have enough of it and and start to trust that actually it's not you creating that, right? But that, yes, it's going to be messy when you leave, right? But one thing I will say, which is the minute we start loving ourselves, it's literally like the universe, everything aligns. As soon as you turn that energy towards yourself and genuinely start loving yourself and treating yourself with compassion, it is literally like magic starts to show up in your life. And I have tons of stories about how that happened in my own life, maybe a podcast for another time, but that truly is where the magic starts, is with Mm self-love.
1: I agree. I agree. You elevate your vibration, you're loving yourself, You're not worried about everything on the outside and you just get to be who you are purposefully, uniquely supposed to be here. Yeah, I agree. The magic starts then. So finding your your unique self through this process, the messy process, um, you know, listening to the podcast, Monica's podcast, and just gaining as much self-development tools as possible you will you'll see yourself transform it's a little bit at a day right a little bit and a little bit but you will eventually not be able to recognize yourself in a good way and i remember hearing yeah. that when i was on the first part of my journey i was like i want that i want to not recognize myself i want to stop being such a pushover and a pleaser and i want to stop like with all this drama but you yeah. can get there yeah
0: i remember raven Somebody saying to me um well, what are you going to do? You know, like I knew, I knew I had to leave. Right. Mm -hmm. But I remember them being, where are you going to go? And I was like, I don't know. And it was like, what are you going to do? And I was like, I don't know. It it was like, I don't know was my answer for everything. And it was like, I was watching them panic. Right. (laughs) But like there was part of me was like, I don't know. And trusting for the first time that something was going to show up that was going to show me and that I didn't need to know everything right now. In fact, I knew nothing, right? Yeah. But that there is this way that each step got revealed. And again, that's the other reason I call it the revelation project is because the minute we're in relationship with the universe in that way, where we realize that we're actually, we can lean into the universe and we can say, catch me. You know, catch me and trust that the universe is going to catch us because things do happen when we dare to stop, you know, when we dare to stop letting somebody abuse us.
1: Mm -hmm. It's true. Yeah, you just got to trust the universe will catch you Mm -hmm. coming from both of us. We've both experienced it. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you so much for this conversation, Monica. It's truly been a blessing to have you here on the podcast.
0: Likewise, it's been a total blessing to be here with you and, and your listeners. I really, I love these conversations. They give me life. I get so excited. You know, I obviously get like super passionate about it. Sometimes after I'm like, gosh, that was messy, Monica.
1: <laughs> Which and smart. then I get to practice. Yes. Yes. But people, we we want to hear real people, right? That's what's coming mm-hmm. to the new incarnation cross of the sleepy Phoenix is the real people, the people in the trenches, not the perfectly put together celebrity people so it's beautiful just as you are thank you Uh, well everyone you guys can find her and all her links in the show notes below just you know grab the picture with your finger swipe up and the description will pop up and all her links will be there again thank you and have a beautiful day thanks so much everybody I am deeply honored to bring you this show three times a week. And I'm honored that you show up and listen every time. Again, this week, another beautiful review coming in for the Empath and the Narcissist book on Amazon. Such an insightful book. For those who have been part of an abusive relationship, this book is truly eye opening. In particular, I feel that the author really nails down how empaths can accommodate the narcissist in ways that we don't even realize. I found it fascinating to learn about the role of human design and how this could greatly affect our relationships as well. Thank you for another beautiful review. Keep them pouring into the podcast. And if you've read my book, please write a review as it shows social proof because now there are so many empath and narcissist books out there on Amazon. Mine was one of the first five that I found and now there's probably 50. you can't start in your next chapter if you're rereading the last one this is just one of the many beautiful sparkle reminders that i've drafted for you to receive every week if you wish to receive sparkle reminders just like this sign up to get this gift every saturday into your inbox in the link in the show notes and also the bonus when you first sign up is you will receive the how to draw powerful boundaries workshop That not actually just about boundaries there's a lot of spiritual healing in there for your soul as well you can follow me at instagram reach out say hello share with me how you're doing at raven scott show i am here for you perpetually on instagram and this podcast and remember always keep your unique light shining see you next episode
2: Losing time, I'm fading fast, I just wanna make it last. Try to let go of the past, I close my eyes, embrace the blast.
1: Everything finds me at the perfect time. Madvi is helping people clear emotions, trapped cords, and subconscious beliefs every day through the emotion code. She is amazing. I'm personally working with her on my relationship refocus uh, after I've completed my abundance clearing and my God, it does it is it working It is so working and it's so amazing. I'm clearing out things like I feel safe to express my thoughts and feelings with my partner. I'm clearing out old connections, disappointments, trapped emotions from, way back into my childhood with my sibling and so if you have not connected with her you must just try just have a conversation with her 30 minutes free q a of like what is the emotion code and how can this help me and give it a try it's free so connect with her in the link in the show notes at www.modvi.ca. are you looking for ways to heal your heart from trauma I am honored to be a guest on another Trauma to Triumph Summit hosted by a completely different person Patrice Pugh and she has a personal experience of trauma. She was held at gunpoint by her own son who is now incarcerated and she is making her tragic and so horribly sad story into gold and she's helping others heal through trauma. This is a 14 day online summit you can do at the leisure of your own own timing and in the comfort of your own home from november 28th through december 11th patrice Pugh is taking you through different topics of how trauma does not define you going from survivor to thriver taming the bullying between your ears and what i'm sharing is five stages of forgiveness the best part is it's totally free so get your free ticket for the trauma to triumph summit today in the link in the show notes
2: I want to take a moment and invite you to Think Unbroken Conference. That's right. Our next conference is happening right around the corner this December with amazing speakers from around the world who are leaders in personal development, trauma education, mindset, and more. All you have to do to register to watch for free. That's right. $0. Come and join us is go to myunbrokenlife.com. Register and sign up. You can get access to the free event. Watch live with us this December. It'll be myself speaking along with amazing human beings like Anthony Trucks, Jamie Bronstein, Leslie Logan, and a special interview that I'm doing with Dr. Gabor Mate that has never before been released. So come and join us, myunbrokenlife.com. All you have to do is put in your email. We'll send you over the registration. You'll be able to come and join us, watch live. And then if you want access to the recordings or more information there for you to keep them forever. But in the meantime, go sign up. Block it off on your calendar. This is going to be a transformational experience that you do not want to miss. Head over to myunbrokenlife.com to register for free. Until next time, be unbroken. Sleepless nights and headaches stack Restlessness to hell and back What's my purpose? What do I grab? A slippery surface, a heart attack And sometimes you just gotta believe There's something that'll give you relief